Hello, and welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, where we lift up people leaders so they can lift up their organizations. I'm your host, Tom Finn, co-founder and CEO of LegUp. Together, we'll learn how to drive people innovation, how to transform HR into people ops, and how to secure buy-in to disrupt the status quo. And as I like to say, it's finally time to stop smoking on airplanes and update your people strategy. Let's transform your organization and move from a culture of talent management to talent empowerment. This week's episode of the Talent Empowerment Podcast is brought to you by LegUp's Talent Insurance, an inclusive people development platform designed to help HR leaders empower their people through one-on-one professional coaching. With results like a 66% improvement in avoiding burnout, a 54% jump in leadership skills, and a 73% increase in job satisfaction, LegUp guarantees improved employee well-being, productivity, and retention. In fact, they ensure it. Your people stay or they pay. Visit LegUp, that's L-E-G-G-U-P dot com to learn more. And without further ado, this is Talent Empowerment. Welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, where we lift up people leaders so you can lift up your organizations. I am your host, Tom Finn, and we have a forward-thinking and recovering attorney, current healthcare leader, Evan Falchuk, with us today. Evan, welcome to the show. Glad to be with you, Tom. Well, we are thrilled to have Evan on the show. If you don't know him, by way of introduction, he is the chairman and CEO of Family First, a company focused on creating innovative solutions to support families in solving real complex issues involved with caregiving. Now, prior to Family First, Evan served as the president of Best Doctors, did that for 14 years, focused heavily on the problems surrounding misdiagnosis. Under his leadership, Best Doctors grew from a million dollars in revenue to more than $200 million in revenue, helping over 30 million people around the world. Evan is also a former practicing attorney, graduating from the great University of Pennsylvania Law School, and he was a former candidate for governor of Massachusetts back in 2014. A whole host of things he has done. So I've got to ask right out of the gate, Evan, what drove you to move from an active attorney into healthcare and helping others? What was the impetus of that? Yeah, it's, you know, I've always been someone who's driven by a cause or a mission. And, and if I distilled it down, I would say it is, it's really helping people through really difficult situations. Um, and I certainly did that kind of work as an attorney. Um, I, I really feel also that I'm someone who likes to build things and building a business is, is a really just a remarkable opportunity to, to create. And, and especially if you can do it in, in the context of helping people through these situations. And so I was blessed that my father, who was a doctor, had started this little company called Best Doctors. And uh, I joined it when it was in its early days of trying to figure out how to help people with making sure they had the right diagnosis and treatment. And as you mentioned, we grew that to be a really substantial company uh, that was um, uh, able to help just thousands and thousands of people all around the world make sure they were getting the right care and the right diagnosis. Um, and so for me, that's been part of my life's work is, is doing those things. And, and now as the CEO of Family First, we're helping people with caregiving challenges figure out how do you, what do you do now that you're taking care of your, your mom or your dad or your spouse or, or your kid or even yourself? Um, where do you start? How do you deal with all the clinical and family dynamics and practical issues that come up? And, and I, I just find that to be incredibly rewarding to do that kind of work. 
Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So let's um, go back to best doctors just for a second, um, yeah. Because it's it's just so interesting. You so you you're a part of this organization, and for those that maybe didn't get to experience you in that leadership role, tell us a little bit about what best doctors did. I was on the health insurance side, so I know a little bit about it. But I want uh, everybody to hear from you. What what was the um you know sort of the groundbreaking work that you were doing in that organization? Yeah, people, when they're facing an illness, especially a serious illness, take something like cancer, have so many questions as to what to do. Am I getting the right care? Who's the right person for me to go to? And when you, when you boil it down, you find out that 25% or more of people have an incorrect diagnosis. Um, so it could be something really serious, like this thing that you think is cancer isn't, or it could be something more um, nuanced. Like this kind of cancer is actually a different kind of cancer. And using experts, which is what we did at Best Doctors, to get to the bottom of that and solve that problem and do it as an employee benefit so it's free to people was remarkable. Um, so, you know, a simple example, real case we had was a woman who had been diagnosed with lung cancer and was getting all kinds of treatments that weren't working. And her uh, request from us when she called was, Who's the best doctor to treat my lung cancer? I don't know where to go or what to do. Well, we collect all the medical information and including the pathology because you need to really make sure the pathology is right. And we found out that what they thought was a lung cancer was actually a thyroid cancer that is spread to her lungs. And the reason why she wasn't getting better with the treatments for the lung cancer is because she didn't have lung cancer. Now, there was a, a tumor there, but it wasn't wasn't a, a, a lung cancer. So she was able to be treated with the proper treatment for thyroid cancer and had a really good outcome. Um, those kinds of stories are just, they're everywhere. Uh, I think any of us, especially as, as we get older, you know, you know people in your life that have faced these kinds of challenges. And to know that if you had access to best doctors, that you had someone there for you who understood the exact type of problem you were dealing with, knew how to get to the bottom of it, and knew how to make sure that the right thing was done for you. So it was it was truly, you know, we, we, every meeting we had in the company, we told stories at the beginning of it, just of some case we had worked on that week. Um, I have to say, family first, I have a whole team of former best doctors, people working with me, and we do the exact same thing. Um, and, and there's nothing more motivating than knowing that whatever it is you're doing, it doesn't matter if you've got a, you know, administrative job that doesn't touch any of the people that we're working with, or if you're actually in the trenches with those folks, or if you're someone like me, who's, who's the CEO, to know that whatever you're doing is helping solve that problem for somebody to help them in their time of need is, it's just, it's special. It's really special. Yeah. And that's really where your mission comes in. You're a mission driven person. Um, and, and you've done a lot of this good work with best doctors, which led you to family first. And there's, there's a lot of depth here uh, in what you're doing with Family First. Can you just help set the baseline for everybody out there that's a people leader, that's working with teams across the country and across the world? Like, how is Family First um, integrating with companies and, uh, and how are you making this uh, affordable for, for everybody? Yeah, I mean, caregiving, which is what we deal with, is it's a massive, massive problem. I mean, I think it's a multi-trillion dollar problem around the world. Companies, employers are really struggling with this because their employees are struggling with it, especially coming out of COVID and people wanting to maybe not return to the office because of their caregiving responsibilities. Now, what's interesting is that a lot of people don't identify as caregivers. You know, they, they say, I'm just, I'm a good son or daughter or, or parent or spouse um, that does activities to help somebody. but 
it's uh, it's a major set of issues. And so what we do as an employee benefit, so it's free to employees to use, is have experts who will help you figure out what to do when you're facing a caregiving challenge. And it could be something straightforward like, geez, I don't know that my mom should be driving anymore and I don't know how to have that conversation. Well, we can help you with that. Or it could be something more complicated like, you know, I've got multi-generational set of issues. We had a, a case recently of a woman who said she needed help with taking care of her kids, needed some backup care for the kids. But as we dug deeper and peeled back the layers of the onion, we learned that she was the primary caregiver for her dad who had a complicated diagnosis and her husband had a, a, a substance use disorder that she was trying to figure out how to work with and she was holding down a full-time job. So she had this very complicated situation, but what we do is come up with a plan and help you figure out how to implement it. You know, in, in a case like that one, what resources can we pull on to help you solve this complicated caregiving challenge that you're facing? Yeah, and that comes at no cost to the employee because it's sponsored uh, at the employer level. And that goes through the HR mm-hmm. leadership team, the the CFO teams. How does that uh, find its way into an organization? Yeah, be- you know, the benefits folks, especially the large employers, um, but it's certainly true as you go down to the to the smaller sized ones. You know, they have lots of very interesting and sophisticated strategies of how to help employees. And caregiving has become one of the top priorities. I mean, mental health has been for years, um, you know, caregiving, which is almost a different flavor of, of helping people with mental health challenges, has become a really high priority. And so what we're seeing is companies go and um, promote this very heavily to their employees. And what we end up seeing in turn is a lot of people using it. And that is a reflection of the need and, and also the opportunity these companies have to help their employees with these, with these real challenges. Yeah. Are we still allowed to call it the sandwich generation where you're, you're caregiving for your parents and you're, you're caregiving for yeah. your kids and you're sort of stuck in the middle? Is that, I don't know if that's PC or not anymore. I, I'm a, no, I, I, I think it is. Sandwiches are non-controversial uh, as a, as a food item. Um, no, I, I think that, that that's absolutely true. And, and we're seeing more and more of this. People are living longer. I think what we're seeing is, is so many people say, I don't want to go into an assisted living or nursing home, for example. I want to, you know, what they say, age in place. I want to live in my home as long as possible. Well, that takes, you know, work and resources. And we have a, we have a problem. I, as a country, really, because we don't have the funding mechanisms in place to pay for these needs. Um, there aren't enough caretakers available. So you think of home care workers or other caregivers, there's just not enough of them available. So the burden ends up falling on the family to take care of their loved ones. Now, look, it's, it is a rewarding thing to take care of somebody. It is, um, but it is incredibly stressful. It is incredibly difficult. It can be very heartbreaking. And it's a, it's a burden that so many millions of, of Americans are facing. Um, of, of all age groups. And again, not just taking care of a parent. It could be a sick spouse. It could be the child who's got a, you know, neurodiversity and, you know, which is incredibly prevalent or is, has an illness. Um, all those things count as caregiving. Yeah. What about parenting? Does parenting count as caregiving or is that just being a good mom or, or being a good dad? It, it's care, it, It's caregiving for sure. I mean, you know, again, we, it's also being a good mom or dad. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot to it and, um, companies are looking at different ways to help people with parenting. Now you, you see a lot of companies doing things to help people form families, for example, but once that child has been born, now you're, you're a caregiver for that child. 
and there's a lot that goes with that. So I, I see it as a as a tremendous opportunity for companies to help employees, you know, through the whole spectrum of what caregiving means, um, you know, sandwiched or not, parent or not, you know, married or not. There's there's some aspect of caregiving that that goes through your life. Yeah, absolutely. And do you see that uh, people are are genuinely grateful? Is there a feedback loop that you all get to hear from these employees at some point that you've done great work and you get to hear it straight from the employees? It's it's crucial to everything we do is are, are those testimonials. As I mentioned, internally, we are always telling each other the stories. It motivates us. It's part of what we do as a cause. Um, when we market what we do, we, we try to tell these stories. If people are kind enough to share them with us publicly, if you go to the, the family-first.com website, um, you can see a couple of our testimonial videos that we've put up recently that are, they're just remarkable kinds of, of stories. And yeah, it's a tremendous gift to hear someone say that you changed my life. You know, you helped me, you know, to, to our care experts. The, the, the feedback we see is extraordinary. Um, but it's, it's what we do. You know, we, we do it for w- whether the person is going to say afterwards, this was a most, you know, life changing experience. And we absolutely get those kinds of feedback. Just knowing that we did it independent of what the person says is, is the reward for us. Um, now I see for companies as they're working to engage their employees that they love to share those stories and word of mouth is one of the great ways that we get uh, case referrals from people saying, you know, they helped me you should, you should reach out to them as well. And, and it's a, it's a big, um, you know, way that we get new people to call us. Yeah, that's fabulous. So what do you say to the HR person, uh, at an enterprise organization that says, you know what, I've got so many programs, Evan, I've got programs for everything you can think of programs on a PEPM basis per employee per month. Uh, for those that yeah. don't know, I've got SAS programs, We've got medical rates that are increasing year over year um, in excess of uh, inflation and interest in the consumer price index, et cetera. Uh, where am I going to find the budget for this? Yeah. I mean, look, th- that you just described is is almost every person in benefits that I speak to across the country. And it's certainly true if you talk to benefits consultants as well, where they say, look, I've, there are dozens of point solutions now, dozens of them. Everybody wants a PEPM. And... Um, they all sound good and mostly are good. And it's just a question of how do you prioritize? What we're seeing in the market from a, a, a budget perspective and from a priority perspective is that employers are very much focused on how do I attract and retain talent in, in the current marketplace? It's very competitive out there. Salaries are, you know, going up through the roof. Employees are really in the driver's seat right now in terms of, you know, commanding what they want. And we're seeing a tremendous focus on programs that may not be based on a hard ROI on your medical loss experience, um, but are more tied to how am I going to make this employee recognize that I value them? And so when we see things like, I mean, the hot things that are out there, caregiving is absolutely one of them. Uh, so are uh, these family forming benefits. You know, we work with a company called uh, Kind Body, which does a really excellent uh, fertility and, and family, you know, formation type benefit. And, um, that's what companies are looking for. So if you want to attract and retain talent, these kinds of benefits, caregiving and, and other related things are, are where people are focused. And, and that's where I budget my uh, benefits dollars, uh, you know, if it were me. But of course, I, I will say I would say that. But it is what we're seeing in the market. 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll add a couple because I'm in the space as well. And, and uh, family formation is absolutely one of them. Caregiving is one of them. You know, we've seen um, financial awareness or financial responsibility programs um, that have been in the market. They tend to lean more towards digital app with less human interaction. But there's 40 or 50 of them out there. Uh, that that organizations can buy, and then and then of course there's professional development and coaching, which um, you know as we look across bodies of uh, and teams of people within organizations, people need development uh, and they need coaching and they need support in their own careers, and then they need that caregiving help as well uh, when they step away from the job site. Yeah, no, and I think that your point about coaching is, is really well taken, and, it, and it's exactly in line with what, what I'm describing, that if you're going to help that employee develop their career and advance themselves, not just through the work that they're doing, but almost at a meta level and say, how do, how do you improve yourself so that you can be more valuable? I, I just feel like organizations that do that well ha, are, are really special. You know, we, we did at Best Doctors, we worked a lot with uh, different kind of coaching uh, techniques for, for different people in the organization. And what did it mean? It meant that people were hi- higher performing than they might otherwise have been. You know, they're, uh, they're maximizing their potential, which makes people feel happy and connected with the organization. Maybe they leave because they find they can be successful elsewhere because now they, they recognize what they're capable of doing. That's on you as a company if you lose that person. Um, because you know, but it's a good thing if you see someone blossom and, and become this. And and I, I find it to be something hugely valuable for what I do uh, in building my teams at, at Family First and what we did at Best Doctors and my other endeavors. And, and so I, I hugely support that. Yeah, I think it was Richard Branson who said something to the effect of, uh, you know, well, what are we going to do if we uh, develop our people and they leave? And his comment was, my goodness, uh, what, what are we going to do if we don't develop them and they stay? Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so you've got to sort of balance that um, that conversation to uh, to take the time to develop people, whether it's, uh, you know, professional development and coaching or then supporting them with other products and services that uplift their life, life like fertility um, options for for families that make such a big difference um, for for families and for communities and uh, such such a big deal. So I'm I'm thrilled that that you're in the space and and it sounds like caregiving is really important to you personally. Um, what are yeah. some of the challenges that you face as a leader uh, in this organization um, that make your weeks a, a, a little more uh, difficult? Yeah, look, I I. I, I I think a lot about this kind of thing because I think as a as an entrepreneur, as an executive, as a leader building an organization, uh, of course there are challenges and problems that come with it. Um, I'm always grateful to have the problems that I have. I, I feel like I'm doing something that is has meaning and purpose to it. Um, I, I for years I've been involved in a, a CEO group, for example, and and it's a really rewarding thing where you meet with a group of CEOs you know, 10 or 12 of them every month or month and a half, and you help each other with your personal and really business problems. And I always leave those meetings happy that I have the problems that I have and not the problems that the other people in my group have. And I know it's true for everybody else too. And so gratitude is is the number one thing that I, that I focus on with us. Also, I think as a CEO, you really have three jobs. You have the job of, of holding and articulating the vision of what the company is about and where it's trying to go and what its purpose is. And when, when we tell stories at the beginning of each meeting, that's a piece of that mission for me. Um, 
the, the second part is just making sure you've got a great team of people that are working well together and people is, is everything in an organization and, and finding people and empowering them and helping them achieve their potential and, and their uh, satisfaction in, in their work and, and feel meaning and purpose in what they do is, is a huge part of my job. And then, of course, making sure that that team has all the resources they need to win is is the third part of this. And so that's where I spend my time. And so, of course, I have you know challenges that come up in each one of those areas. But as long as I can come back to those touch points and say, how am I doing against these these priorities? Life can be a lot simpler. Um, but, you know, it's it's not easy. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And uh, but I'm just I'm grateful to have the chance you know, that's, that's, that's how I get up every morning. Yeah. I love that. So, uh, for those of you taking notes, uh, that was vision team and resources. Uh, those are the three sort of, uh, points on the triangle that, that Evan was making in terms of, uh, casting the right leadership shadow and, uh, being able to engage with the organization the right way. So I, I, I want to pose this question to you as, um, a bit of a challenger question. Um, but I'm just thinking through this. If I'm, if I'm a mid-level manager and I'm in a large organization and I know, let's just assume I've got 10 or 12 direct reports and I know that there are a couple of folks on the team that are struggling with caregiving because I'm a good manager, I'm listening, I've got my one-on-ones going, I'm asking good questions, I'm blending between personal and professional to make sure that that individual knows that I actually do care about them. Um, and I find out that there are some caregiving needs. What, what's the appropriate response? How do you, how do you support somebody? And, and maybe they don't have um, family first as a part of their employee benefits package yet. But what do I do as a mid-level manager to support really meaningful support for that employee? You know, people that have seen that do this really well um, allow for the space for folks that are struggling with, whether it's caregiving or anything else to be seen and recognized and understood for what they're, what they're dealing with. And that, that means that if you know that the problem exists, that you make it possible for that person to accommodate their needs at home with what they're doing at work. Um, you know, a good friend of mine is, is a, is a great proponent of saying there's no such thing as work life balance. All you have is your life. And it's a really important point. Um, so if, if you're going to be a company that says, look, leave your problems at home and then come in here and do your work, that's going to be one kind of culture. If the culture you create is one which says, listen, you know, your, your home life and your work life are all part of the, the, the wonderful, you know, kaleidoscope of what your life is. Um, we need to help you feel seen and heard and understood. And that means helping them, you know, have the space to, to take care of these responsibilities. Now, it's, it's helpful if you go to your HR benefits folks and say, we need to do something about this. And that could be something simple like we need to have caregiving leave. Um, we need to have support groups available. Um, we need to give people, you know, time during the day to deal with these issues, whether they're taking leave or not. We need to have people have modified work schedules so they can work at home and take care of their responsibilities while doing this. I think one of the things we've seen in the pandemic is people can work anytime, any place. And so maybe you, you, you do those types of things. Um, so, you know, I, 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 there's a lot that a good leader can do. I mean, and, and I think, uh, I think again, it, it starts with giving people that space and recognizing that, the, that there is no work life. There's just life. And, and, you know, act accordingly. Yeah, I uh, always refer to it as work-life integration um, because there really is no separation and, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we're, we're all working from home, working in the office, 
moving around. We've got all, all got digital tools um, that allow us to be independently successful wherever we are. Um, and then it really just comes down to the work ethic and being able to um, put all the pieces together for your family and for your organization um, so you can do that in an effective way. Yeah, totally. That's well said. Um, I, I, uh, I love this topic because I think we all, Evan, we all deal with it, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. It, it really doesn't matter where we are in the world. We're all dealing with these issues simultaneously, you know, as we, as we get older and we care for others, as you said, and we care for those that, that we work with. Um, it just takes uh, a little bit of a kind and conscientious moment uh, to really engage with other people. And I think that's where we see this, this message of empowerment really resonating is, uh, is really trying to understand others and, and be thoughtful about it, which is um, sort of the core of, of what you're doing and what your team is doing across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that it isn't just about being kind and conscientious, although I think everybody ought to be that way. But if you're a hard-nosed business person and you're saying, I'm in a competitive market for talent. I want my people to be as successful as they can possibly be because my job is to make sure my team has the resources they need to be successful. Then, you know, among the resources I need to give them is help with these kinds of caregiving challenges. And, um, and it's just black and white, you know, you, you either do this and it leads to better business results or you don't and you struggle with the, you know, the opposite. And so it's, um, you know, it, it's like when we did this at Best Doctors, you know, hey, getting people the right diagnosis saves money. And, you know, helping the woman that I mentioned to you with the, the thyroid cancer, make sure she got properly treated for it, saved money for whoever was paying for that. But that's not why you do it. But if, if, if the reason that you do it is because you want to save money, great, wonderful, you know, but, but, you know, know that it also happens to have this wonderful side effect of building a, a great culture and doing good things for people. Yeah, uh, well said. And and since we're talking about money and budgets, you know, how do we move this discussion forward with our partners in HR, right? Our CHROs, our our HR business partners, you know, our friends in that space. Um, how do we how do we help them make the make the case internally to move a product like this forward versus perhaps something else that's been sitting on the shelf like EAPs for a long time? Yeah, I mean, if you talk to benefits consultants, for example, who are working with a lot of these large employers, and, you know, everyone has that list of things on the shelf. And, you know, maybe they're looking at five priorities for 2023 or five more for 2024. And there's seven vendors for each one of these. And so that means there's 70 different things to look at. And, you know, that's, that's hard. And, you know, what I, what I've found to be interesting in, going to conferences again and and listening to what the benefits consultants and a lot of the thought leaders and the trade publications like, you know, employee benefit news, these other places, is that issues like the ones we've been talking about, you know, kind of this, uh, I'll call it caregiving, but just everything in that spectrum of need that we've discussed um, are, are top priorities for folks and employees are, are looking for those things and it resonates with them. Uh, and, and so for me, as a, as a benefits executive, and if I was you know, talking to benefits executives inside of any of the, the clients that we talk to, it's recognizing that that's what the market is looking for. You know, the employees need this and um, there's an opportunity to provide it. And if you're going to prioritize something, have it be something the employees are going to say, wow, thank you that you did this, not something that maybe is less interesting uh, for the employees. And, and that, that, that to me is, is really what it's about. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I think what you've done is you've simplified this process a little bit for everybody in walking through that this doesn't have to be difficult. And one of the things that, that I've learned um, from you uh, in the couple of times we've talked is um, you talk a lot about simple language. And you, you actually use very simple language when you're explaining what, what is a very complex business. Um, how does that translate to the employee to make this feel like it's accessible to them? Yeah, it's, it's really important to, to tell people, are you struggling with taking care of your parents? Call. Family First will help you. Um, to try to use messaging that speaks to the types of things that people are dealing with. I think when, when you think about marketing anything, and it's certainly true with employee benefits, as, as soon as you start making it complicated or making people think, oh, wait a minute, does my problem fit into the type of thing that these folks will help me with? Then you're, you're just, you're going to, you lose people's attention. You need to make that emotional connection with, with whoever it is. So that's one of the reasons we love using testimonials or, you know, quotes from people about what we did. Um, or again, just like I said, struggling with your dad's medications, having a hard time with, you know, taking care of your kids, things that are just real problems that people face on a daily basis. And it can be engaging to where someone says, huh, you know, I never really thought of myself as a caregiver, but that does describe me in in terms of the, the issue that it's there. Let me just read more about this. And maybe, you know, you know I'll, I'll poke around. We have a very cool content library with all these articles that's like a WebMD for caregivers. Maybe I'll read something and maybe that'll jog me to say, you know what, maybe I want to talk to one of these experts in Family First and, and see if they can help. It's all just, it's it's marketing. And and so much of good marketing is is making that emotional connection with it, with another human being. And you can't do that with complicated words. You know, you, you have to make people feel it. And and it only comes from because you feel it and, and you're able to share that and connect with, with others. Yeah, you are absolutely in the people business uh, at Family First, and you you were in the people business uh, at Best Doctors uh, as well. What's the one thing you've learned about being in the people business for all these years? And share share some words of wisdom for the listeners out there that are managing teams, whether they're in HR or not, but they're running teams in organizations. What have you learned about people along the way? Well, I mean, look, what what I've learned about being in the people business is that I think there's always the hope and the belief that there's some person that you can call when you're in trouble. Um, you know, we like to watch superhero movies like, oh, Superman's going to come and he's going to pull the bus off the bridge and oh, everyone's going to be saved. But in general, that's not real life. And the opportunity to build businesses, services, to just do things that provide that to someone and say, oh, you're in trouble. Call us. We're, we're, we, we can't, we're sitting here waiting to help you. We want to help you. It gives us uh, a tremendous amount of joy to help you. And I know it's hard what you're going through, but we understand it. And we've been there and we know how to help you through this as hard as it might be. Even if you maybe don't like the answer, we can help it not be as, as bad as it might otherwise be. That to me is the most important thing. And, and when I think about people, I want to be around people that feel the same way. You know, uh, I, you know, I, I don't have the ability to do the things that our care experts, you know, their nurses and social workers and doctors can do to actually help someone in, in these situations. But I can tell them, hey, I, I got people that I know who are ready to help you. And that's that's what it means, you know, to me to work with people and to be in the people business. Yeah, be- beautifully said. I, I think all of that 
sort of shows the empathetic approach that you take to your leadership style and, and how you approach the business uh, internally uh, and externally. Um, and so, you know, as you've been building um, this organization over the past few years, um, have you built out all of the capabilities from a digital perspective, um, digital tools, assessments? I mean, does it work like EAP? Is, is it more advanced than that? Help us understand the digital components of uh, yeah. and the hard facts of, of what you built out. Well, it's, it's different from an EAP. And in fact, in, in many cases, we actually partner with EAPs where the EAP will say, oh, you've got a caregiving challenge, you know, talk to family first, and then vice versa. If, they, if we say, hey, you need some some counseling, good news, you've got an EAP that has got some, you know, hours available to you. Um, from a digital perspective, we have a lot. And, you know, things like a member app are, are kind of table stakes these days for folks to have the ability to, to engage digitally. Um, self-assessment tools, all the content I talked about. But we do some really cool stuff a little bit behind the scenes where what we do is we have a what we call a caregiver uh, risk index, which allows us to pull in lots of data that we collect in the course of talking to the member, to the employee, um, that helps us to figure out how, how at risk that person is of being burned out. And, and then we measure that as we go through the case. Burnout is, is a, is a, is a characteristic problem of care, for caregivers because the chronic stress can really eat at you and then you're burned out and then it's really hard to work. Um, if you ask someone, Hey, on a scale of one to a hundred, how burned out do you think you are? You know, most caregivers will say, I don't know, 50. And then when we go through a conversation with them and look at what they're describing to us, we're, we might find out that they're at like an 85. Um, and and we, we're not going to say to them, hey, by the way, you're really in bad shape. But it does help us make sure we're paying real close attention to that person's needs. And then hopefully we can get them you know, down to a place where things are more manageable. Um, but we use a lot of tech to do that and, and some AI and, and some other tools that help us do our job better. And it's, it's an area that we're investing in pretty heavily. Um, to bring these kinds of tools to the market. I think there's a lot that can be done on a self-service basis. Um, you know, that's, that's an area of, of great, um, you know, focus for us, but all driven by the same mission and the same purpose. Yeah, be beautifully said. And so when we think about this, we think about uh, the leadership being vision, um, team, and ultimately uh, resources. And we can we can think about that in, in our own business. And uh, I think what I heard today was, um, leading with empathy, but also making sure that we have the right tools in place to operationalize support for a workforce that desperately needs it. Uh, and as, as we all shift in generations and, and get older, uh, it's still okay, my friends, to call it the sandwich generation. Uh, I learned that from Evan today, uh, yes. and I hope you did too. We're not going to get in trouble for that one, I hope. No, which which will be good. So so Evan, you've you've done some great work with Best Doctors. You're you're building um, this extraordinary business um, with Family First, and and thank you so much for the work that you do because you're you're leading with your heart, but you're using that operational and business mind to really make it successful and make it available and affordable uh, for everybody uh, here stateside. Any plans in the future for globalization of a product like this, or is this really yes. a domestic-based um, product? No. It, you know, um, so yes, we have more than just plans. We're in the process of, of globalizing this in a number of different countries. One of the really cool things in, in building uh, Best Doctors, we have this great team of former Best Doctors folks, is that there's leaders in Europe and in, in places like Australia, Japan, Canada, Latin America, 
um, who are eager to bring this service to those markets. And over the next you know, 12 to 18 months, you're going to see that happen uh, from a family first perspective. This is not a, a uniquely American problem. Uh, this is something that's affecting people all around the world. And, and we want to we want to help as many people as we possibly can. Yeah, w- uh, wonderful. And for those that are listening that want to get in touch with you and want to spend some time getting to know you, how could they uh, reach out and, and get a hold of you? Best way, first of all, go to the Family First website, which is family-first.com. Um, you can see a lot of information there. And, and you want to hit me up on LinkedIn, I'm there. And uh, just mention that you you saw me on the Talent Empowerment Podcast, and I'll accept your invitation. But no, I w- I'd love to connect with people that way and, and, uh, and, and appreciate that. And certainly if you're in a leadership position at an organization in HR or you're running a team or division and you're thinking about caregiving, uh, it sounds like Evan's open to have the conversation and, and point you in the right direction within his uh, company and get you, get you to the right person as well. Yeah, we've got a great team um, on, the, on the sales, on the client success, and we're just we're eager to partner with great companies and like, like your listeners. So we're, we're glad to look forward to talking to some of you. Awesome. Well, Evan, thank you for joining today. And thank you all for joining the Talent Empowerment Podcast. I hope this conversation lifted you up so you can lift up your teams and your organization. We'll see you on the next episode. And until then, let's get back to people and culture together. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Talent Empowerment. For more information on our show and today's guests, head to the show notes or visit talentempowerment.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an opportunity to empower yourself and your people. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show grow. And a final thank you to our sponsor, LegUp, and their people development program, Talent Insurance. To learn more about how they guarantee retention, employee well-being, and employee performance through one-on-one professional coaching, visit legup.com. That's L-E-G-G-U-P.com.